0: When you ask most people what their goal is in life, they would say, to lead a happy, peaceful existence. Sounds simple enough, but how exactly do you do that? When people try to build their own happiness, they're often left hollow. So where is one supposed to find peace, love, and happiness? Well, let's find out. Hello friends, welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory and I've got a question for you. Where do you find peace and fulfillment? A big house? A loving spouse? A great job? And do these external circumstances meet the goal of that happy and peaceful existence? I suppose they can to some degree. Yet somehow, even when these material pursuits are attained, we can still be left feeling empty, even troubled. Which begs the question, if we can't count on tangible things to fill us, what can we count on? Let's get into it on this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. From a young age, we learn to slap external band-aids on internal problems. People try things like cranking up the tunes after a breakup to drown out their woes, to life-changing things like taking drugs to numb feelings of depression. When our souls are troubled, we can do a myriad of things to make up for the emptiness we feel deep inside, to attain some semblance of a peaceful life within our control. And in this week's episode? we'll look at a woman using external means to calm an internal storm. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter our sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize. And I think it's a prize you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true story of Sharon Aranetway.
1: In here? Hey!
2: Huh? You are late to class. I have permission to sleep in on account of a. Get to class! No, sir, please listen to me. You can ask the head teacher.
3: You know we expect timeliness here.
2: I have permission to sleep in on account of a health condition. Give me that stick!
4: Hey! How dare you! Don't touch me! Ow! You'll be punished for this! Get out!
2: I was born in the town of Mbarara, Uganda, the oldest in my family. My sister, Shalut, came next, but she would not live to see her first birthday. I still wonder how life would have been if I'd had the companionship of a sister close to my age. As a little girl, I was sent to live in the village with my uncle's family where I slept on a mattress on the hard dirt floor with my cousin Charity. I was a very shy child.
1: We are having your favorite beans tonight. Oh, doesn't that make you happy? Mm -hmm. Did you see Papa's new shirt for work? (laughs) It's so big, he disappears underneath it. You should try it
4: on. That would be so funny. I I would, I I would,
1: never mind.
4: Girls, Did you get outside the entrance? You swept all that there, Shan, didn't
1: you?
4: Yes. Uh, Thank you, Charity. Why don't you get started on the clothing? Do I have to wash Dad's new shirt?
1: (laughs) It's so big that it'll take 1,000 years and all the
4: water in the village. (laughs) Now then, that's not entirely inaccurate. Go ahead and start on the pile, Charity. Yes, Mom. How are you feeling today, Sharon? Oh, oh okay. Uh, let me feel your foot. Oh, my. I think you are running a fever again. Can you tell me how you are feeling? Oh, why don't you go lay down? It's all right. We know you'd work if you could. I'm sorry you don't feel well, my beautiful. I'll come check on you in a bit.
0: The woman in our story grew up with feelings of depression, shame, and a lack of peace. This is the story of her road to redemption, the true story of Sharon Aranetway, right now on Unshackled.
2: Eventually, my health got so bad that my relatives sent me back to live with my parents in a one-room brick house. We cooked all of our meals on a zigiri, which is a small charcoal stove. I went to school six days a week, walking an hour each way to get there. One day, I came home from the market and really wasn't feeling well.
1: Did you get the salt? Here. What is it, Sha? I need to lie down. What? are you feeling? I can hardly see and my head. My head feels like it's going to explode from the pressure. Oh dear. Have some water. I can't. What? <gasps> Shan! I'm sorry. I can't feel my hand. I couldn't hold it. What has happened to you? I don't know, Mom. You know what I bet it is. What? Just the other day. Mr. Eddie, The landlord? Yes his wife threatened me why she is jealous of my hair my husband our house what is there to be jealous of in our house point is i'll bet she put a curse on you why me i don't know why people do the things they do but what other explanation is there i'll take you to the witch doctor tonight
2: The witch doctor performed his rituals, including cuttings on my back and chest. Because I did not have another migraine until I was 14, my parents believed his power was effective. We continued moving through our little home in relative peace until I was 15, when my twin sisters were born. Everything changed.
1: All right. Time for me to put them down. Goodbye, beautiful girls. Sharon, walk your auntie out to the road.
4: Come on, auntie. Sharon, listen. The love your parents and I had for you is gone. It is all going towards the twins now. I don't have enough room in my heart for all of you. I know these little ones won't disappoint us, Do you understand?
2: No, but all right. Her words replayed over and over again in my head. Why didn't they love me anymore? My feelings towards my family and being at home drastically changed. I started to rebel, lying about where I was and doing anything to escape being home. I would bum around in public places and overstay my welcome with friends. What are you working on?
4: My homework. Don't you have any?
2: Finished it. Want to go into the market?
4: I've got to do my work now, Sharon. You can go.
2: Oh no, that's all right. I went to church on Sunday and Eric was there.
4: I don't like him anymore. Oh you said the Bible was just a storybook?
2: It is, but you weren't home and I needed somewhere to go. Ah. Is that math or history?
4: Sharon, I need to focus. How long are you planning to stay?
2: Sorry, I'll just go to school.
4: But school's over. The building will be empty. Don't
2: worry about it. Thanks for having me. Things continued to get worse at home. It was around this time that my dad became abusive. He would beat me and shout horrible things like
3: I wish you were dead. Or even I will kill you with my bare hands. I'm not afraid of prison.
2: It seemed I could not do anything to make anyone love me. I grew depressed and suicidal. I would step into traffic hoping to get run over. I'd walk in the dark and pray that someone would attack me. I wished I had died instead of my sister, Shalut. I wondered why I was the one who survived.
3: Sharon, tuck in your shirt.
2: No, thank you. This small insubordination got me suspended from school for two weeks. I didn't tell my parents about this. I would just leave for school at the normal time and go to friends' houses instead of going to school. This became a problem when my suspension was over. I was supposed to bring a parent to meet with the head teacher upon my return to school. Cover your hair.
4: This is never going to work.
2: Yes, it will. My mom always wears a scarf, so you just need to-
4: What are you doing?
2: Fixing you. Hold still. There we go. Spitting image
3: mama sharon
4: hello
3: come on in how were you two weeks with sharon at home
4: oh they were just so full of um enrichment yes lots of enrichment
3: where do you live
4: oh we live in two miles
3: and uh, how did Sharon spend her days?
4: Well... I studied and... I'd like
3: your mother to feel this one.
4: She studied, sir, and what else? Is she cooked and cleaned and... That's
3: enough. I want the man who signed you into school to come back
2: with you. Oh, but he works all the time and... That's
3: the only way I'll let you back in. With your actual parent. Understood?
2: I couldn't figure my way out of this one. I told my dad he was needed at school. I waited outside while the two of them talked in the head teacher's office.
3: Young lady, your father and I have come to a decision. Indeed. He is a very reasonable man. <laughs> like yourself. Indeed. And we both agree on what needs to be done.
2: What's that?
3: You will receive a beating, here, in my office. Unfortunately, I do not have my cane at the moment, so I'm going to run out and see what can be done about that. Will you stay with her? Of course.
2: I have to go use the restroom.
3: Don't be long.
2: That would be the last my dad saw of me until the next evening. I escaped through the school fence and went on to my fake parents' house. Then I spent the night in a church building, scared and cold. If there was a God, I wondered if he could see me all alone in his house. When I finally went home, the school refused to accept me back, so I transferred to another school. It was two weeks into my time there that I physically fought with one of the teachers when he tried to force me to go to class, even though I had permission to sleep in in the mornings due to my allergies. I got in trouble, started drinking, and eventually I was expelled. They allowed me to complete my exams remotely, which meant that I could go on to higher education. My dad said I could join a college if I passed. We didn't have the money yet, so I would need to find a job and enroll the following year. Have you done office work before, Miss? Um, yes. No. I don't know. Are you all right, Miss? I'm sorry. I cried every time I asked for a job. I grew depressed and suicidal again. But one day, I got a phone call from a high school friend who had a sister in Kampala in need of a babysitter. I went at once, determined to do my very best and not have to go back home for a long, long time. Things were fine at first, but while I was there, I dreamed of school. I wanted to become a journalist. When my dad said I would have to wait because we still didn't have the money, I took my anger out on my employer.
1: Does she need to be
2: changed? I changed her. Uh, maybe she's hungry. She just
1: ate. She's just been disagreeable. Sharon, she's a baby. She's not choosing to be disagreeable. Something is bothering her. Then you figure it out. You're the babysitter. And your job is taking care of... Here, you take her if you think it's so easy. Sharon, that's enough. You've gotten out of control this past month. We're going to have to send you home. You're fired.
0: Folks, we'll get back to Sharon's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of well supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, Won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled. We take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the true story of Sharon Aronetway.
2: I fell deeper into drinking and partying, staying at my aunt's and eventually going back to Kampala where I was in and out of babysitting work. When my last job ended, leaving me nowhere to go, I wandered around the city until I bumped into an old friend. Sharon. Lila, is that you? I can't
4: believe it. It's so good to see you. What are you doing? I'm shopping with Isaac. He's in the shoe store there. Do you remember him?
2: Yes. Wow. It's been a while. What's he up to? He's going to work in Abu Dhabi. Really? Yes, isn't that cool? Wow, that's amazing. That's like really far away. Sure
4: is. How did he arrange that? Oh, lots of paperwork.
2: Do they take women?
4: I don't know, you'd have to ask him. Anyway, what have you been up to?
2: Oh, you know, work, nothing terribly. You said you would come visit me and you never did. How about right now? Can I visit you now? I stayed with her for a night, and then bounced around to other friends and acquaintances. At my friend Wilbur's, I saw a TV advertisement for security guard jobs in the Middle East. I thought of my friend Isaac, and I knew what I had to do. Dad, I'm home. Sharon?
3: I didn't know if I'd see you again.
2: Well, here I am.
3: What brings you home?
2: I'm going to become a security guard in Dubai. I'm just here to get my papers signed, get my passport and leave.
3: That's a very respectable job.
2: Will you help me?
3: Let me see what you need.
2: That and that and one on the last page.
3: I know all these people. I will help.
2: We sent about collecting signatures. It took forever. There was one last signature my dad said I had to take care of myself. When I got to the office building, I walked around in circles. My thoughts wouldn't stop haunting me. You are a worthless girl. He will ask you one question and you will start crying. That's what you always do. You're not brave enough to get a signature. No way you're brave enough to go to Dubai. I went home without my last signature. Mom.
1: Will you hand me the soap?
2: Mom, I'm not... I'm not happy. I don't know what to do about it.
1: I'm sorry, dear. I think you should go to see the witch doctor. There's a woman I've taken the twins to. She's very good. I would really like to talk to someone. Let me tell
2: you how to get there. I set off for the witch doctor. I got lost along the way and no one could help me. I called my mom but she had gone to the market without her phone. I see now that God's hand was at work. I didn't make it to the witch doctor that day and I never went back. At home I was bored so I started listening to live radio. Started by a missionary named Brian Stinsas. My favorite program was called Unshackled. How do you do? Will you help me with dinner? Unshackled's on. Can I help with cleanup?
0: How do you find hope when the darkness of the world closes in around you?
2: Fine. Thank you. I'll turn it up.
0: How do you believe in love or freedom when you were born into pain or cycles of abuse? Is it possible to experience peace in the wake of, or even in the midst of, great brokenness? Today, we'll hear the story of a man who lived through these questions.
2: I gave up trying to leave the country and I started reading whatever I could get my hands on. I had an old Bible and when I got to Proverbs 23 and the warnings about alcohol and sin, I felt like the words had been written about me. That was me, a sinner. When an unshackled program proclaimed, If your life is empty, it can be filled to overflowing. I wanted desperately to believe it. And so, one night, I asked the Lord to make it so. My family and I all shared the same room, so I waited until everyone had gone to bed. I prayed with tears running down my cheeks. Please save me, God. I used Psalm 51 as a guide. Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving-kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions.
3: Sharon.
2: The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart O oh God thou wilt not despise that night I felt something I hadn't felt maybe ever peace I began to change I lost my desire to drink and party I wanted to find a church and through unshackled I learned that I needed to confess Jesus before men God led me to a Bible-believing church. I was still shy and very scared to visit. I went on Easter Sunday and sat in the very back.
3: And that is why we remember what he did for us. Because through his death, Jesus showed us how much we are loved. And through his resurrection, he showed us that we don't have to fear
2: death if we believe in him. My heart was beating out of my chest.
3: Now we'd like to invite anyone who feels called to come forward to do so and to make a public confession of faith.
2: I couldn't do it. In front of all these people, I would come back next Sunday.
3: Don't wait for tomorrow because you never
2: know what tomorrow may bring. It may be too late. Oh my, how did he know? I prayed, God, give me the courage to confess you before men because that's what brought me here. Then I stepped out into the aisle. After the service, I sent apologies to my mom, dad, and other relatives. I asked for forgiveness for my lies and my behavior. I continued at the church and got a Bible. I joined the church's Bible Institute and I started discipleship lessons. I had to walk 45 minutes to get to the church. I always prayed it wouldn't rain to keep me from going and it never did. Sometimes.
3: Welcome, Sharon.
2: It would rain
1: right after I arrived or, Hi, Sharon. How was class? Right after I got home.
2: But never did the rain keep me from going. During this time, I was particularly moved by a biography I had read of a man who left his home to come to Africa and tell the story of Jesus. I had a desire to be that brave, and I told God I was willing to go wherever he sent me. Soon after, one of the missionaries Elisha Stensas pulled me aside after church. Sharon! Hi Elisha, need help stacking chairs? That'd be great, but that's
1: not why I called you. What's up? I've been watching you over the past year. The way you've pursued God and studied scripture, the way you serve and are always the first to step up and help, it's incredible. You really seem to have a heart for those in need. Thank
2: you for saying all that, that means a lot.
1: What do you think about helping me with ministry? I think you have so much to offer and could play a huge role in introducing new people to Jesus.
2: Me? Oh, there's nothing I'd rather do more. I told God I'll go anywhere He wants to send me. What, what could I possibly do to help? You could help me teach and translate. Oh. What is it? I'm just… I'm… Um, I, I don't know if I'm the best at speaking in front of people.
1: Well, how will you find out if you don't try?
2: Yeah, but I'm still so new to all of this. I'm nowhere near as good as your family. What you do with Life radio and all that, you're so knowledgeable.
1: I'm not sure how I could be of use. The gospel is all about salvation and then transformation. I am watching you be transformed, Sharon. That is the best testimony there is.
2: And so, I joined with Alicia and surrendered my life to ministry. I started translating for schools and children's church and also for the kids' program on live radio. My dad was saved a few years ago and my sisters as well. Now, Alicia and I teach between 1,500 and 2,000 students every week in six different schools. We have seen so many students come to know the love of Jesus. There's nothing I would rather do with my one and only life.
4: Excuse me, teacher?
2: Yes, how can I help?
4: Just had a question
2: about the lesson. Let's talk. Want to have a seat? What you said about God's love, it's just really hard to
1: believe. Why is that, do you think? I'm not loved by my family. I'm a burden to them. And they remind me of that often.
2: That must be really painful.
1: I never want to be at home.
2: I know how that feels. How could God love me if no one else does? Because that's who God is. He is love. He loved you into being. The Bible tells us He knows every hair on your head. He goes before you and He goes behind you. He is with you always. Really? Yes. And he loves you so much, he sent his only son to pay the price for your sin. I have lots. (laughs) Jesus took upon himself your sin and died on a cross as a sacrifice. Wow. Because without the salvation of Jesus, we are destined to eternal damnation. That's scary. Exactly. Which is why this is the most important decision you'll ever make. Will you receive the gift of Jesus' love by believing in him as your Lord and Savior? That's all I want. Why don't you tell him what you have decided in your heart? Do you want to pray with me?
0: Friend, when your soul is being tossed about in the storms of life, what do you turn to? A good career? A medicating substance? The love of another person? Like Sharon found out, inevitably, earthly measures fall short and leave us feeling empty. But heavenly measures calm the waves of a troubled soul. Jesus says in John 16, 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus is more than the internal band-aid for our souls. He's the cure. When we repent and let Jesus in our hearts, we can stop looking for fulfillment from earthly things and start living for a heavenly peace and belonging instead. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or... Just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you, but in the meantime, here is an interesting fact about Unshackled. Do you know why Unshackled is so closely linked with Pacific Garden Mission? In 1945, Harry Solnier, Pacific Garden Mission president, began a short program that showed the changes Jesus was making in people's hearts at PGM. Soon after, they had the conversation that led to Unshackled being created. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just wanna remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled audio drama podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, here's the prize for our upcoming sweepstakes contest, a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And I believe the scripture on this uh, particular plaque is Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. Folks, this is a gorgeous plaque, especially if you're looking for uh, daily inspiration from scripture. You will love this authentic and uh, very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or a log. Uh, And cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible I didn't actually witness that happening, but I can assure you it did It's been handcrafted around the natural character and the beauty of the wood that God created So all you have to do to enter our unshackled audio drama podcast sweepstakes drawing (gasps) That's a mouthful is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name phone number and email your name phone number and email the winner of this sweepstakes uh drawing for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on july 26th but the deadline for entry is july 21st the deadline for entry july 21st and next time
4: mom my ride's here i'm leaving just a minute Ask that young man to come in. I'd like to say hello. Mother, I'm 16. I'll choose my own friends. Oh, really? One of these days, you'll get yourself into something you'll regret. Not gonna happen, Mom.
0: Cecilia Kotlin thought her life would get better with a brand new start. <laughs> I told you that boy was trouble.
4: You don't understand. He, he said, um... He said he loved you, right? <laughs> Why didn't you? Never again, Mom. This time I'm really starting over.
0: Her attempts to make permanent changes in her life would take her to some depressing places.
4: I'm sorry all these years I've done my own thing. I've really made a mess of it.
0: Would she find a way out of her hazardous existence? Catch the true story of Cecilia Cotlin on the next Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Sharon Aranetway were Alana Arenas, Vicky Myers, Larry Halliburton, Kona Burks, Michael Myers, and Larissa Julianis. Original music and audio engineer, Don Badorf. Sound effects and recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Samantha Beach. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.